Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this. All of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned, gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah, you know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Breaking news, the scathing report that accuses New York Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexually harassing multiple women. And tonight, President Biden calls on his longtime friend to resign. The bombshell report after a sweeping investigation. Governor Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women by engaging in unwanted groping, kisses, hugging, and by making inappropriate comments. Tonight, a defiant governor. I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. And a CBS News exclusive, we speak with Charlotte Bennett, the former aide who says she thought Cuomo was trying to sleep with her. I feel vindicated. Um, it's been a long day, but I'm, I'm proud to be a New Yorker right now. Vaccine mandate. New York City demanding proof of a COVID vaccination at restaurants, gyms, and theaters. Will other cities follow suit as COVID cases surge nationwide? Breaking news, the CDC's big announcement for the millions facing eviction amid a pandemic. Making a racket. Tennis champion Rafael Nadal on the pressures that top athletes face and why this year's U.S. Open could determine who's the best of all time. Officer killed. New details on a brazen attack just outside the Pentagon today. And courageous comeback. Simone Biles returns to the balance beam and medals for America after focusing on her mental health. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. The calls for New York Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign are growing louder, with President Biden saying tonight he should step down. 
And that's after New York State's attorney general put out a damning report accusing Cuomo of sexually harassing at least 11 women. The Democrat is accused of improperly touching some of them, including a state trooper who protects him. Cuomo denies it all. In a taped response, he said he hugs people all the time to convey warmth. The details from the report could put Cuomo in legal jeopardy. It is a remarkable fall from grace for the governor who drew national acclaim for his daily briefings in the early days of the pandemic. And as we come on the air, he's quickly losing political support. Besides President Biden, the entire congressional delegation from New York is calling for Cuomo to resign. And in a moment, we'll hear from one of his accusers, Charlotte Bennett, a former aide who Cuomo addressed by name in his response today. But we begin with CBS's Jerika Duncan reporting tonight from Albany, New York. Good evening, Jerika. Good evening, Nora. When we stood here in front of the state capitol back in March, many lawmakers here in Albany said they wanted to wait and see the results of this investigation before they took a position on whether the governor should step aside. Well, tonight, top leaders within the assembly say they've lost trust and confidence in the governor and that he can no longer remain in office. The long-awaited findings of the independent investigation are damning. The report says Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and violated federal and state laws. I believe women, and I believe these 11 women. The office culture in Governor Cuomo's executive chamber is pointedly described as toxic, hostile, abusive, and vindictive. Governor Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women by engaging in unwanted groping, kisses, hugging, and by making inappropriate comments. For nearly five months, the Independent Task Force interviewed 179 individuals, including 11 women who say they were made uncomfortable and humiliated by Cuomo. Some suffered through unwanted touching and grabbing of their most intimate body parts. Others suffered through repeated, offensive, sexually suggestive or gender-based comments. The 165-page report lays out a pattern of substantiated and corroborated incidents in painstaking detail, including new allegations Cuomo sexually harassed a female state trooper on his security detail, saying Cuomo ran his hand or fingers across her stomach, her back, and kissed her on the cheek. In late 2020, another woman identified as executive assistant number one was subjected to intimate hugs, kisses on the cheeks and lips. And on one occasion, the governor reached under her blouse and grabbed her breast. Today, Cuomo remained defiant, releasing a taped statement. I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. That is just not who I am. Charlotte Bennett was a former aide. Last year, as the governor and Bennett discussed her experience as a sexual assault survivor, Cuomo kept repeating, you were raped, you were raped and abused and assaulted, making her feel as if he was testing her. I have heard Charlotte and her lawyer, and I understand what they are saying. But they read into comments that I made and draw inferences that I never meant. Now, the political pressure on Cuomo is building. And if he doesn't resign, do you believe he should be impeached and removed from office? Let's take one thing at a time here. I think he should resign. And he's using a photo of you embracing him in his self-defense to say that these are commonplace kind of embraces that he made and the allegations against him. Do you condone that? I'm sure there are some embraces that were totally innocent. 
But apparently the attorney general decided there were things that weren't. And tonight, the entire New York congressional delegation is calling on Cuomo to resign. I continue to believe the governor should resign. The Albany County District Attorney is already conducting a criminal investigation into Cuomo. Well, tonight he is asking anyone accusing the governor of sexual misconduct to contact his office. Nora. Jerika Duncan, thank you. Joining us now for an exclusive interview is Charlotte Bennett, the former aide that the governor singled out today. Charlotte, thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me. The New York attorney general said multiple times today that she believes you and the other women mentioned in this report. What does that mean to you? Today was so validating and really emotional, and I feel vindicated. Um, it's, it's been a long day, but I'm proud to be a New Yorker right now. The governor admitted that he asked you questions that he doesn't normally ask people because you told him you're a survivor of sexual assault. Do you think he's gaslighting you? Absolutely. He's trying to justify himself by making me out to be someone who can't tell the difference between sexual harassment and mentorship. We have a report. We have the facts. The governor broke federal and state law when he sexually harassed me and current and former staffers. And if he's not willing to step down, then we have a responsibility to uh, act and impeach him. He sexually harassed me. I am not confused. It is not confusing. I am living in reality, and it's sad to see that he's not. And at one point, he said that he was trying to help you work through a difficult time. Did that seem like that was his intention? No. His intention was trying to sleep with me. The governor today blamed generational or cultural perspectives for the way he made jokes and the comments that he makes. Was what the governor did a generational misunderstanding? Publicly, he would rather play dumb. Privately, he knows that he sexually harassed staffers. And I think it's easier to explain his behavior publicly by saying there was some misunderstanding. The governor said today that he accepts responsibility and that he's making changes. Do you believe him? Accepting responsibility means stepping down. So I don't believe him, and I don't want an apology. It's not necessary. It's fake. And his propaganda video was not only uncomfortable and inappropriate, but downright weird and unnecessary. Why do you call it a propaganda video? Because it's not about anything other than protecting him and his office. It is not protecting New York. He is not speaking for New Yorkers. He is not trying to do anything other than maintain the power that he has currently. And then finally, what do you think is the effect of the governor's behavior, both in the past and then by the comments that he made today? He is normalizing not only victim blaming, but sexual harassment. He is saying that women come forward with their stories and we don't need to take it seriously. It's simply a circus act at this point. You actually think his comments are dangerous. I think his comments are dangerous. I think it sends a message to New Yorkers that sexual harassment is not important, that it is not dangerous. It is. It is important, and it's also just plain illegal. 
Well, there's more of our exclusive interview with Charlotte Bennett at 8, 7 Central on CBSN. You can download the CBS News app on your phone or connected TV to watch. We also want to turn out to some breaking news from the Biden administration, which is announcing a new limited ban on evictions. Now, this comes just days after the previous ban expired, putting millions at risk of losing their homes. CBS's Nancy Cordes is at the White House. And Nancy, boy, this comes after a lot of pressure from members of his own party, right? It sure did, Nora. The CDC has just released that new ban, and it is a big turnaround for an administration that was arguing as recently as yesterday that its hands were tied and that it couldn't legally extend the ban on evictions. Well, apparently the CDC has found a way because now we have this new ban that will last 60 days until October 3rd. It's going to cover 80 percent of counties, home to 90 percent of the U.S. population, and it's targeted, we're told, to areas that have experienced high levels of COVID infection. But the high court ruled against the last ban. So recently I asked President Biden why this one will be any different. Are you sure it's going to pass Supreme Court muster? There are several key scholars who think that it may and it's worth the effort. His argument is that even if this move is ultimately blocked by the courts, at the very least, it will buy states time to distribute tens of billions of dollars in federal rent forgiveness to help make renters whole and keep them from being kicked out of their homes. Nora. Nancy Cordes, thank you so much. COVID cases are rising in nearly every state with millions of eligible Americans still unvaccinated. Well, tonight, New York City becomes the first in the nation to require proof of vaccine to eat, work out or enjoy the Big Apple indoors. Here's CBS's Nikki Batiste. Even as doctors and nurses plead with Americans to get vaccinated as a way out of the pandemic, there are still holdouts while hospital beds fill up. So to get needles into arms, New York City is turning away from lotteries and gift cards and trying something new. It's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life. Beginning next month, anyone going inside a New York City restaurant, gym, movie theater or performance space must prove they've been vaccinated with at least one dose or be turned away. Outdoor dining will still be allowed. Children under 12 who aren't yet eligible for the vaccine are not affected by the mandate. New York City's mandate is similar to what's already in place in France, where two things have happened. Loud protests. And millions who have now scheduled vaccine appointments. I think it's one of those things that's understandable how some people may push back on it. But I believe it's a prudent and necessary thing to do. Do you anticipate that other cities across the country may follow New York City? I do. I actually do. In New York City, 66% of eligible adults are fully vaccinated. But new COVID cases have risen more than 400% just in the past month. Are things so bad that a mandate like this is necessary? We need to get ahead of this, and that means being more aggressive about getting people vaccinated. Even ahead of the mayor's mandate, the owner of Tavern on the Green had already required staff and indoor diners to show proof of vaccination. You want herd immunity. You want all of us to be a part of a community helping each other. And in order to do that, we all just have to get vaccinated. 
In order to go inside these New York City restaurants, people will have to show proof of at least one COVID vaccine dose using either a physical card or a city or state app. The mandate takes effect September 13th, the same day schools here reopen. Nora? Fascinating new mandate. All right, Nikki Batiste, thank you. Well, tonight we're learning more about a deadly attack on a Pentagon police officer who was stabbed to death at a transit station just outside the building. Investigators are saying the suspect also tried to grab the officer's weapon, but was then shot and killed. Well, there's no word yet on a motive. Several people were hurt in the confusion. The Pentagon went into temporary lockdown during the investigation. All right, missing from this year's Olympics, tennis superstar Rafael Nadal. A foot injury forced him to sit the games out, but now he's aiming to score a record 21st Grand Slam title at the U.S. Open. And his road to the New York tournament starts right here in Washington. Rafael Nadal is back, wowing crowds with that forehand and incredible spin after spending three weeks off the court recovering. I don't think today I'm at my 100%. It's a welcome return after missing Wimbledon, where Novak Djokovic tied Nadal and Roger Federer in the men's all-time Grand Slam list. At stake, the title of the world's greatest tennis player. How important is it for you to try and win the U.S. Open? Honestly, it's the same important as always. The fact that uh, Novak has 20, Roger has 20, I have 20, don't increase uh, the motivation for me or the pressure. My approach will not change. No, I, I always say the same. No, I do my way. If Novak uh, or Roger plays there and win, and okay, well done for them. No, I will not be frustrated for that. No, I know I, I achieved something that I, I never dreamed about. And I'm going to keep fighting for keep doing things. Nadal's fighting spirit is why fans waited hours during a downpour. The city open in Washington will be his first with a full crowd. Do you feed off the crowd? Does it help? Is it better to play with the crowd? Of course. I think the sport in general needs the crowd. I think it's tougher for for the more older people, older players than for the younger <laughs> players because the younger players they have the the, the energy for everything. <laughs> Because of the pandemic, he's posing for fewer selfies. Do you worry about COVID and the coronavirus? I think everybody, everybody should be worried about the coronavirus. <laughs> a lot of people suffering, a lot of people dying. Nadal is no stranger to the pressures of competition. How important is that discussion now that has come out in sports about mental health? Everybody approaches uh, the, the issues in a, in a different way. We are uh, under pressure because the competition uh, makes you feel more stressed. Uh, but at the same time, we are super lucky persons no? because we are able to, to, <laughs> to work on one of our hobbies. It's important, uh, most important thing in this life, in my opinion, is be happy <laughs> more than anything else. I love that. Being happy is the most important thing. I agree. And Rafael Nadal's first match at the City Open is tomorrow night. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. 
Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, three victims are hurt, one critically after a shooting spree at a factory in Nashville. Police say a worker opened fire during a shift change at a Smile Direct Club facility. He was later shot and killed by police. The suspect was 22 and had worked at the factory since June. We are getting a first look tonight at body cam footage from officers who were first on the scene at the condo collapse in Surfside, Florida. Dust fills the air and you can hear the desperation and disbelief in the officers' voices as they evacuate residents from nearby buildings. Remember that June collapse killed 98 people. Also, this news tonight, a law firm hired by the NCAA is calling for big changes to the women's basketball tournament. This after video showed stark differences between the men's and women's facilities. The firm recommends holding both final fours at the same site and offering schools financial incentives to improve their women's programs. Many people were happy to see that Simone Biles is back and she delivered with a magic moment. CBS's Jamie Yukis reports from Tokyo. It was a remarkable comeback for Simone Biles taking home the bronze in the beam competition. She missed almost a full week of competition due to mental health concerns and a condition known as the twisties, where a gymnast's mind and body are not aligning in the air. Biles now has seven Olympic medals to her name, tying the record for the most decorated female gymnast in U.S. history with Shannon Miller. But Biles will also be remembered for her mental health advocacy during the Tokyo Olympics. To bring the topic of mental health, it should be talked about a lot more, especially with athletes, because I know some of us are going through the same things and we're always told to push through it. At the end of the day, we're not just entertainment, we're humans, and there are things going on behind the scenes that we're also trying to juggle with as well on top of sports. Rachel Moore is Biles' best friend. They met doing gymnastics when they were just six years old. She's impacted not only me, but the world. I'm very proud of her. She's done very well. Very well indeed. Jamie Yukis, CBS News, Tokyo. Tomorrow on the CBS Evening News, a huge leap forward in diagnosing skin cancers. We'll show you a new 3D scan that does in minutes what used to take hours. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. And as a reminder, stay positive, test negative, and get vaxxed. Have a great night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. Each week, we go behind the scenes of the episode's biggest moments, taking you into the how and the why things happened. And this season, we're very lucky to be joined by an expert, the winner of Survivor 45, Divya Dars. What is up? I'm thrilled to be joining this team and to be giving you my take on how and the why players made the moves they did, what it takes to outwit, outplay, and outlast, and to ask Jeff some questions because... Even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover. Bring it, D. 
Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.